What a difference. The Talkbuster Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris Chipman. You may remember me from such podcasts as the Chipman Brothers Tangent and Creating Geeks, a parenting podcast of great responsibility. I'm here to bring you back to the late 90s, early 2000s, a time of amrays and clamshells, a time of late fees and VHS tapes being replaced by DVDs, a time of stale gumballs and overpriced candy. Yes, that's right. I am talking about the time of Blockbuster Video, the Walmart of the video rental industry, the mom-and-pop video store killer, the corporate big-choice video store that everybody loved to hate. Blockbuster is mostly gone now. Kids today will never know the crazy Friday and Saturday nights with lines wrapped around the store to rent the next big movie. No more will regulars, who are in the know, arrive at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays to snatch up the new rentals that week before the weekend rush. Most of all, no longer will young movie geeks like myself have the memories I, and many others like me, made while working there. You see, under all of the corporate evil and bad practices, Blockbuster was a home, a comfort, a place where I made lifelong friends and even met my wife. It is because of these memories that I, and I'm sure many of you, have that the Talkbuster podcast was created, a place for me and others to share our memories of what once was, of the before time, of the long, long ago. I'm looking forward to see where this goes, how it evolves. Join me, won't you? Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of the Talk Buster podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Chipman, a.k.a. The Chippa. And before I get into my very special guest today, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, Hugh K. Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Kevin CV, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, collaborating online, Alex Shaw, Seth Comfort, Seth Decker, Andrew Krause, Little Nikki, Robert V. Aldrich, Aaron Moriarty, Carolyn Thompson, Scott Arcuri, and Shore Hansen Gustead. You guys keep me doing this. I would do it for free and will continue to do it, but knowing that there's people out there that love what I do enough to pay a little bit for it each month makes me really happy. So I really appreciate that, guys. This episode is brought to you by the COVID-19 vaccine because I want to go outside and I think everybody else does too. Um, with that, uh, the Talkbuster show is normally a show where we are talking to people about um, the before time, the long, long ago, as I say, at a time when you know there were video stores everywhere and you could just walk into one and not click on a movie on your screen and this is one of the rare occasions that i get to talk to, to somebody who's still keeping that dream alive so uh troy rachi from video universe introduce yourself to my fans friends internet yeah hi uh, i'm the manager of, of video universe i've been there uh, about 28 years now started when i was uh, 15 so i've uh, seen uh, everything uh, come to be basically before the epicenter of the video store to the you know highest point of, of video stores to unfortunately where we are now uh, kind of on the decline so uh, i kind of seen it all and uh, it's it's uh one of those interesting industries where it's not a huge amount of time to see an industry rise and fall and now right, it's, and it it's uh destroyed the distribution chain even more <laughs> Right. It's, it's one of those things when you're, you know, working in the middle of it, like in, in 2003, 2004, which is, I was in Blockbuster 2001 to 2008. And in 2003, 2004, it went from, uh, 
you know, when I was a kid in like the mid nineties, it was like, of like video stores are just everywhere. And in 2003, 2004, it's a juggernaut. It's like, I, this is now a part of living. Like, I can't think of a world where you don't see these. This is like McDonald's. It's just everywhere. And, um, you know, it went from that to disappeared. And I, I love that, um, video you sent me, um, that Rachel Prost, is it Prost or Proust? Yep. Prost. Yep. Prost. Um, who's the daughter of Scott, the, uh, the owner. Correct. Um, and she made, you know, a nice 10 minute video, which I'll, I'll share with this as well that, you know, goes through her father talking about, you know, how like in the sixties and seventies, when you were a fan of movies, you know, you went from this world of it's such a niche thing that when they run in a theater and then they're gone, unless TV plays it, or you're in like a group of friends that have actual film prints where you can go hang out somewhere and watch them. You're not watching these movies. They like were basically gone. And the, the video rental world, it, it's changed all of that. You know, like, like, like you, they said in the video, you can find things at a local mom and pop video store that came out just because they were able to get their hands on it that had been out of print for 20, 30 years, you know, and you're never going to be able to get that again. <laughs> and it's just, it's wild to me. Um, and so God at 15 years old, 28 years ago. So g- give me a little uh, background, like, a, like, what was it like growing up and then working, you're starting to work at video universe? Yeah. Well, I, I probably, uh, I probably frequented the video store for five years or more. Uh, as a kid growing up, before I asked for the job, uh, it was kind of the right time. I asked at the time when we were, uh, we've always been in the Robbinsdale area, uh, but we were, the store was moving across the street from the current location. I was used to renting to a, a location, like I said, just across the highway. And I was hired just to uh, help move it, basically. And uh, <laughs> after I came up with some things that when we started to move the store, we went from having every VHS tape behind the counter. All the, all the movies were out on the floor, shrink wrapped with uh, styrofoam shoved in them, the actual yep. uh, VHS boxes. So when we moved across the, the street, it was a smaller location. We needed to save space. So we actually had squeeze boxes or little plastic shells that went over the VHS case. And the actual movies went in live into the in the cases to save space. So that kind of dates when I started (laughs) when VHS was still king, uh, because it wasn't for quite a few years after that before uh, we had one full shelf of DVDs. And now, you know, the current store is, I would say, 85, 90 percent DVDs, you know, with maybe 20 percent Blu-rays and uh, the, the tapes that have survived are the ones that we don't have on DVD or Blu-ray. So, right. Yeah. That, that behind the counter thing is what I always remembered. Um, you know, it was really blockbuster was the first time I saw the VHS tapes, not, you did not, you know, you'd bring the case up and they'd swap it for, you know, the movie behind the counter. And, yeah. uh, I had read the blockbuster that was their like flex of like when they came out of like, look at how little we care about losing product. You know what I mean? Like your mom and pop has two copies of that. We have 95 of a movie. No one's ever heard of. If we, they steal 10 of them, we don't care. Yeah. We we kept the new ones still behind the counter. It's only like the old school uh, sections that we, we had live. 
we still kept the the hot new releases behind the counter, but we needed the space for the smaller size. So, so something something blew my mind the other day. Um, there's a quick playoff of that, and let's see if um if this makes you shudder as much as it makes me. Now, now someone younger isn't gonna care. Like they go, who cares? It's it's a it's a DVD. Like what's the big deal? Well, at the height of my time at Blockbuster, you know. They put it on the employees. Shrink, shrink, loss of you know product at a retail store is referred to by the textbook definition of employee theft. So if someone stole ten DVDs, it was on you, and you would probably get in trouble, you know, for it happening on your shift. This was like the blockbuster thing. They blamed it on the employee because you should have done a better job. Well, I bought a copy on uh, on the internet for Christmas of a movie we already had. And I forgot we already had it because when you have kids and you have a thousand movies, you just start forgetting. But I bought a copy of Toy Story 4. So of all the companies that were the worst about lost product, Disney was the top because Disney was all like their DVDs cost five bucks more than everybody else's because it was a special format and they didn't have firmware updates. So I remember like the Disney things were like, you know, the golden goose, like no one could touch them. And, um, we got a message when we tried to return it because we said we already owned this. We, you know, did an online return. Now, COVID, I think, is a big part of this, too. We tried to return it online, and so we'll bring it to a store, send it back, and they go, Our, um, we're going to process the return. Here's your money back, and don't bother bringing it back. Oh, wow. Okay. And I went, excuse me? And they go, yeah, no, no, we get it that you already own it. We don't want you to have to pay twice for it. But we think so little of this physical product that just give it to somebody. We don't care. That's great. I mean, we used to prosecute and fire employees for taking home field destroy movies, like the movies that the company was just like, don't have those on the shelf anymore, but we don't want them back either. Throw them in the trash. And if you found out an employee had those at their house, the company would prosecute them. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? they've changed i mean it back in the day when you were bringing in a copy of a movie especially a vhs copy i mean the average price you'd be paying per copy was probably 55 60 sometimes 70 yes. bucks if you go farther yes. back so i mean their value was crazy considering now you can bring in a, a dvd for maybe 14 bucks when it's brand new for yep. most titles because uh they, they normally do a special 14 15 bucks for for the first week it's out and then it jacks up to 20 bucks basically yeah, and th- that's another hilarious one is the the part of the reason that whole no late fee thing blew up so much for Blockbuster that they weren't thinking about is that people, you know, the predominant amount of people that were going to rent and forget to return and then totally take advantage of the, okay, we'll just charge you for the movie. And then when you return it, we'll give you your money back and keep a restocking fee, um, which was the late fee. It was the same price. Haha, <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah. But most of the, the name. <laughs> most of the people that weren't returning product were people that were renting VHSs. And VHSs all still rang up in the system as 50, 60, 80, 100 bucks. So people were getting like a $110 charge because they forgot to return our copy of The Wicker Man, which was out of print and you couldn't get anymore. And they'd return it and you'd just be all angry. And then it's like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, that's how much Blockbuster paid for it back in the day. It is. Not much I can do. Yeah, it's crazy how how the how the median and how the prices have changed from the studios. It is wild. So, um, yeah, that that like nineteen ninety nine two thousand. I remember when Blockbuster got its first DVD shelf, 
and the whole store was VHS still for a good like five years after that. It didn't, you know, it was not till like the mid 2000s where you were getting now 150 of the DVD and 10 of the VHS. You yeah, know, it, it, it took a while. VHS was king for a very long time. Even when DVDs started coming in, there was just so much more variety on VHS. And that's kind of the biggest shame of the times is the countless media that's being lost. Every format that comes out brings out what it believes is the best of the best, which is probably only 30% of what's out there available. And they keep replicating that same 30% across the board. So, you know, when you're to 4K now, you probably have maybe 5% of that 30% that's available. But just countless media is is gone and can never be seen if you don't have a VHS player or have a store like us around. Right, right. And and that's what I love about getting to talk to folks like you. And this this is this is a huge breakthrough for me because you know I I started it thinking I'm just gonna talk to people and it's all gonna be nostalgia. And then you know the the folks from the last blockbuster in the country reached out to me and I got them on the show. And it's like, oh, this is awesome. People that are still working at a video store. Then I talked to someone from Scarecrow Video out in California. But the real, the real heart of it is a store like like Video Universe. That that mom and pop that's just still going and doing the same thing. And now, like like uh, like Scott said in the in the video, and I think it's even sooner than he thinks. I think they're already there. The the comic shop. Never really, even with like the the existence of the Marvel films and everything, the comic shop never became like the blockbuster commodity. It, it, we never got to the point where comics became popular enough of a commodity that everyone loved that they didn't just recognize, but that they loved where you could have, you know, a blockbuster sized corporate comic shop, right? It wasn't going to happen. So the majority of them stuck around being like the mom and pop video stores we see now where it's a niche cool remembered thing and i think a lot sooner than scott thinks is this is really going to become that next like underground you know it's going to have its own conventions and its own fans it's already starting oh yeah i i I definitely agree with them in that in that respect there's just so much stuff there's so much hard media out there but yet not available to the masses yeah it's wild now that sitting where you are now and again i want to talk about the middle part too because i just want to hear all about how the times change and working there, but just something that always comes up. How do you get your product for the store now? Uh, you know, we actually go to the store like anybody else. <laughs> we yep. don't go to distributors because we can't pay the upcharge they, they charge. You know, you'd get it earlier so you'd have time to process. Well, we process the day it comes out. We get it as soon as we can from, you know, any of your big box stores and uh, and turn it into to, to rental product. So. That's wild. Now, when it, when a new movie comes out, how many like does Video Universe get usually pick up? Like, let's talk like something like Black Panther. Well, should we talk? Like, yeah, pre COVID or, or post COVID. <laughs> let's talk pre COVID to start because because post COVID yeah, I mean, is post COVID has hurt everybody. <laughs> pre COVID, I'd say really big titles. We'd be bringing in uh, eight to ten. Yeah. Uh, on on DVD and maybe three or four on Blu Ray. You know, post-COVID, unfortunately, we're talking about four and two. Right. Or, you know. What was, you know, um, I want to get back to, like, the peak times, but pre-COVID, what was your customer base? 
Oh, it's huge. I mean, it, that was the, the best part is every single day you come to work, it's a brand new, unique day with so many different customers that came multiple times a week, some customers that came once a week. Uh, that That's kind of the sadder part of, of being there now is it's just not, we're obviously not busy as we were right. in the past. I mean, we had a point in the store where we had uh, 20 employees on to cover all the shifts of a week. And and now we have two, <laughs> the owner and me. Oh. On the hours. So there's a huge stark difference. I used to be working. Uh, we used to have uh, three people on, you know, on a shift or sometimes even four people on on the same shift. That's just uh, not the reality anymore. No, right. And I can even remember near the end of my time at a store like Blockbuster where you'd have Friday night, we'd have five people on, six people on. And, you know, now we're on a Friday night, which is our busiest night. And it's me and one other guy. And it's like, oh, this is not a good sign. Like even in 2008, it's like this is something not right here. Like it was definitely busy still, but it wasn't the kind of busy that it was. Yep, definitely a change. It's a uh... If the right customers come in, it could be busy profit-wise, but not busy to keep you busy-wise. Where before you had so much going on, you needed the extra person just because of the volume of people coming in. Yeah. Now, I, I've I've not been able to find a person that could confirm this, and it probably wasn't the case with your store. But I had a guy on that worked for a mom and pop in Canada, and I didn't know this, but when he was working, and this was late '80s, early '90s. Um, when it was, you know, when the mom and pops were still booming and Blockbuster hadn't really gotten their stranglehold yet. He said they're the way that they were competing with the upcoming corporate insurgents of video stores is they went 24 hours. And he said oh, the, reason, the, the oh. reason they did that is because then you could do all the, you could have just employees focusing on selling product during the day and do your like inventory shifts and everything, but still be open because you'd catch the late night crowd. Sure. Yeah. We, we used to have pretty, pretty long hours at, at our peak. We were uh, open at eight in the morning, open till midnight. So we yep. weren't 24 hours, but we were open. Midnight was our closing for a very long time. So it's very different now that our current hours are 10 in the morning till 8 p.m. every day. Yeah. It's yeah, a, that quite is a change. huge. <laughs> Yeah, because right, that eight to midnight used to be the the crazy time. <laughs> like that was like you were just spending the whole day preparing for the the flood of either people right before or right after dinner, just coming in to get. Oh my god! Um, so you said twenty eight years ago. So wow, we're talking nineteen ninety two. Uh, yeah, ninety ninety five ninety six. Ninety five ninety six. Sorry, um, yeah. my times are all messed up, but uh. So that's, um, so we'll talk about a little bit, you know, starting then, like what was, what was the, uh, video rental, um, like around video universe at the time? Was it a whole bunch of mom and pops and blockbuster or any of the other big ones started yeah, getting we, their tentacles yeah, in place or there was probably five video stores like around the surrounding, like around my home, basically that you could go to that, that were basically just as close enough as, as video universe but uh, video universe had the best selection so once we finally found them uh we didn't go anywhere else right uh, video universe was around a long time before blockbuster came in and even when blockbuster came in 
we stayed and, and they came and left. Uh, they were only about a mile and a half away from us when they moved yeah, in. Yeah. And uh, kind of the same thing once uh, Blockbuster closed, there was a new video chain that basically uh, was trying to fill the gap where Blockbuster was called Family Video. Yep. That they basically were just a hot new release stand. They didn't really have great selection of, of, uh, of past stuff. But COVID pretty much killed them. Yeah, they, they just died yesterday. Yeah, they, they had one store that was a mile and a half away from us. We put them out of business two years ago. And now they're all their other surrounding stores have, have closed down that are in the Twin Cities areas. They have wow. some stores that are extreme south. So they're kind of filling that niche kind of small town feel video store versus the the big epicenter ones that are close to the cities. Those are the ones that uh, didn't make it. Well, they're, they're gone completely. They just released a press release that the company's closing its last 250. Oh, wow. Um, That's yeah. new to me, too. I didn't hear that yet. Yeah, it just it, happened. It doesn't um, surprise I, me. They closed six of their, you know, metropolitan ones. So it didn't make sense if they're going to keep their their outskirts. It probably wouldn't uh, be economies of scale enough to keep going. Right. It was it was interesting talking to them because um, I, I had a guy from um, their parent company on to just talk about, you know, how COVID affected them. But the unique thing and I don't, I don't know if this is you know with on, only having one store. I don't know if this is the case with Scott, but they said the thing that kept them around when Blockbuster started going was the key difference between them Hollywood video and Blockbuster is they made sure they owned their buildings. Yeah, see, I, I heard they were big more more so into real estate. Yeah. They had these buildings anyways, and they also right. did a kind of a combo thing where they owned a pizza place within it. So yep. they deliver pizza and a movie. That was kind of their niche thing. Yep. Yeah, that, they, uh, they 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 tried the, the uh they tried the convenience store approach. Basically, if they weren't making a ton of money on the video stores, it didn't matter. They could write off the business as a loss and it would help with their basically their real estate. They have an area, sit on it, it'd become worth more. They could sell it if it wasn't working. So that's right. somebody somebody in the know before they even moved into the area kind of said that they were big into real estate. That's more what they were about. And they just yeah. happened to fill their own locations with two stores and if they couldn't fill them with those stores, they'd find some other tenants if they could. But yep, it is an interesting way of doing business, I guess. But I, I like I like the small, the one offs and the two offs so much better. Um, but it, the sad one. thing is, I I guess they're prominent in Stranger Things season four, so they were really hoping that that would be one last like hurrah for oh, them Oh, sure i didn't i hadn't heard about that i haven't seen yeah know, the, i guess one of the characters works at a family video because family oh, wow, video okay. would have would have been around when the show was taking place yeah, and so it's like oh <laughs> yeah that it's uh, covid's a bummer for everybody but may, maybe maybe that will be video universe next yeah, you never um, know. but yeah never. So, so so then you get in there in the 90s and so you guys, so so Video Universe, you said had had the best selection. What was the, uh, you know, um, numbers? I, I would imagine you've just kept adding more to the inventory. Or yeah, is, I mean, like, the the owner was real smart about it. I mean, we we basically became better as the industry contracted. As soon as we found out a video store was closing, we were one of the first people to get to their door and find what we didn't have and make ourselves better. Yeah. 
job of, of just stockpiling all the in-depth categories so that, you know, if you come into our store, you can literally ask for something and, you know, 85% of the time we're going to have it. There's just so much stuff that even we don't have, but, you know, we have 56,000 different movies, which is not too shabby. Holy moly. So there, there's still obviously some obscure ones here and there that never got produced or maybe the rights weren't released or, or whatnot, or we couldn't have, or they're psychotically expensive, you know, who knows, but you pretty much have it all. If, if you ask for it, there's a good chance we're going to have it. So how big are all 56,000 like able to be touched or is it like, Oh, you have yeah, a list. That's 56,000 different movies. We have more than that. Cause obviously we have multiple copies of, countless movies so that's not counting movies twice that's different titles is there a this is more for my my brain benefit is there a list of these somewhere there's not we we get asked for that constantly we're so old school retro our, our you know our our computer system was was built during the dinosaurs yeah so, uh, yeah it's uh, it's a very secure because nobody can break in because there's nothing to break into <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's just, you would have had to hire somebody just to upload everything. Everybody says, you know, why isn't your stuff on the on the internet so we can see what you have? Because it's just not worth the expense of getting it put on the internet. And it's always changing if you're selling something, if something breaks. I mean, just to keep that up to date would be insane and not worth it. <laughs> right, we exactly. Can check. I mean, we can check our own inventory. If you call and ask, hey, do you have this? We can tell you. But uh, we don't have access for somebody just to peruse it online. The whole point of the video store is to come and look and see and touch. No, that's exactly that's exactly the what I was going to say is that's I, I just need to get there. This is so my my goal when I talk is, is was to get, you know, to the last blockbuster in the world. Then I heard about family video and I really wanted to see one of those before they stopped. But now it's going to be to come visit you guys because. 56,000 individual titles is a crazy number. Like, I think Scarecrow Video, who are basically recognized as, like, the country's national archive for physical media, just because that that they just became a nonprofit and went with it. Yeah. Um, Heard about they that. have, like, 140,000. Yeah, they've, and, they've and they're me. And they're giant. So, like, I've seen the pictures of your store. You, you, I mean, it's not a small store, but that's a lot of titles. <laughs> like, we pack a lot in a small area, and there's no this blockbuster where there's a thumb apart and everything's face out. We can't do that because we have too much. Yep, yep. Yeah, the, the most unique stuff we try to face out, but for the most part, everything's on its spine because we have too much to be facing everything out. Now, now this might be... Um, too hard of, of a question to answer but just i always had you know there were a couple tapes we added our blockbuster you know that um i would always say you know it's what made my blockbuster unique because blockbuster was not the kind of company that um had a lot of unrated stuff in fact they didn't have a porn section at all that's blockbuster right that was one of their their driving things is you could come here with your family and not be worried about those people as they'd say it but um didn't stop them from having some pretty insane stuff, but we would end up getting VHS copies for rental that like you could special order in and put out. And we had a unrated copy of the wicker man, which was a movie that had been banned in multiple countries in the seventies when it came out. And that was always when someone would ask, what's the most unique movie you have here. It's probably that for blockbuster, but I don't need to know the most unique you have. Cause there's too many, 
But what are some of your favorite obscure movies you guys have? I mean, we, we're, we're probably the opposite. We, we, we leave it to the individual to choose what they should and shouldn't see. Right, we exactly. get the most unrated version of anything possible, and we stock that. It's up exactly. to somebody else if they want to filter themselves. We're not going to filter for you. We're not your censor. You're your own censor. I agree with that. That's how we've always done it. <laughs> if there's an unrated version of something, that's the version we're going to stock. If it doesn't come in unrated, you know, then it is what it is. But, but uh, for for when it comes to strange and unique stuff, you know, it, it'd probably be something called the weird and wacky, the something weird section. Yes. Just kind of a collage of just weird movies. Sometimes you get two, three movies because uh, they're short things. Just, I mean, something like Killer Clowns from Outer Space or, um, uh, gosh, Fritz the Cat. I mean, there's there's yes. countless kind of weird in between. They're not adult, but yet they're close. They weren't considered pornographic, but they're just kind of that weird in between 70s, 80s, even sometimes early, late 60s. Just kind of strange, off the wall, weird stories. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is a, is one of the favorites of mine that's just yep. kind of a strange movie that you got to see <laughs> it's wonderful the chioto brothers man that that movie's insane um and i'm i would imagine then you guys have the majority of troma's uh collection of insanity we do. yeah, yeah. We, we, we were huge into the japanese anime mature foreign action mature foreign horror uh, there's nobody that has the selection we have of, of martial arts and of oh. that variety anywhere. Oh, I mean, this we, is so cool. We were just the epicenter of of uh, foreign anime for the longest time, and, and, and until I would say like BitTorrent and some of those other ones came out, and it became readily streaming for you know illegally but streaming. We were the place to come that if you needed anime and you didn't want to buy it outright, we were the place that had it. I loved that. I remember when I got into that, every, it seems every like 200 mile radius has one store that everybody goes to, to get that stuff. Right. That's At the perfect. time. That's and then and, martial arts, anime, foreign selection, classics for sure. We, we've the owners vary into classics. So that section is, is top of the line. There's certain things we're, we're kind of weak in special interest. I mean, uh, yeah. a lot of documentaries are very expensive. They don't rent enough, so it's hard. When we pick them up, we pick them up, but we don't necessarily get all of them because it's just, you can't. But uh, right. when it comes to our, you know, comedy selection, action, you know, all your main categories you have to have, horror, we pretty much have it. If, if you can name it, we have it. Awesome. I, it, I'm, I'm in love with the store, and I haven't even been there. Um, I... I, you know, in the middle of this, I, I want to thank, you know, my friend Stefan for knowing you guys and, and turning me on uh, to, to this because I uh, I'm I'm just so happy every time I find somebody that that still is keeping up the torch and enjoys this job. This is an enjoyable job. And I think people forget that's the part of why we all have such nostalgia for it is they go. It's, it's just a stupid retail job. That's like being nostalgic about flipping burgers. And I'm like, I'm not so sure it's the same thing. No, yeah, it's it's a job that will never be replaced again. I, and I know how special it is. I, I've worked there all through high school, all through college. I got a college degree from the Carlson School of Management. It's a top 13 business school in uh, in the country. But uh, I love what I do. 
So uh, you can't uh, spend your life hating your job. If you love your job, you keep going with it until yep. it, uh, it doesn't give you joy anymore. Or, or if you can't pay the bills, then, of course, you got to find something else. But as long as you can make a decent living, you got to keep on uh, doing what makes you happy. Absolutely. Um, and something that made me really happy about the video, I, I love when uh, I love when you can tell the people working on something are the same level of geek as you. And I um I, that's the other thing I love about doing this podcast and meeting people is we were all in different little microcosms of the country pre-internet, you know, for a lot of us, you know, we started, I mean, the, the, my brother always said, you know, the blockbuster or the local video store, the local comic shop was like the internet before the internet was huge. It was a bunch of people of like-minded weirdness getting together and sharing stories, whether it's, and you know, I, I leave sports in that category too. You can be geeky about sports. It's not just, you know, fantasy and horror and all this other stuff. It's whatever you're into, whatever you're enthusiastic about. Um, but I loved watching the video and going, okay, they're, you know, he, he was showing a lot of, and she was showing a lot of different movies. And I'm like, it was making me so happy to see all the movies they were pulling out. And then they said, or something really, really obscure and odd. And they pull out bat thumb. And I lost my mind because I love those Steve Odekirk thumb movies. I love them so much. And nobody knows them. No one has ever seen them that I know. Yeah, we got them. <laughs> they're, they're a friggin' riot. They, yeah, they're, they're so... And that's, I mean, for people that don't know Steve Odekirk, that was, you know, Ace Ventura, um, The Nutty Professor, uh, Kung Pao, Enter the Fist, this weird, weird strange guy that made all these silly thumb, thumb movies he still keeps joking that he's going to do uh um a new thumb wars i don't know if it ever happened but he said he was going to do uh, yeah, I, don't, a I, I think i heard something about that too uh, he might have done a little short but i don't know if he it was did it was like a fake trailer for yeah uh, for a take on the was, Force yeah Awakens. it came out really high quality but but not an actual movie uh it's so funny but, um, oh, man. So you said, you know, right now it's just kind of the three of you um, holding up the shop, huh? Yeah, we, we had uh, we had two full-time employees and the owner before COVID. And then uh, we went down to me, the owner, and then uh, he brought his son in to, uh, to, to learn how things work just in case if something were to happen or if somebody were to get sick. Thank right. goodness nobody's, uh, nobody's caught anything. We've, we've kept the store very clean. I clean everything every single day before i get there we got uh, shielding oh, up and we've done everything you can do to to social distance we rearranged the entire format of the store to make room everywhere so everybody had a little more moving room and and for the point where we are now we're not what we used to be so there's not 900 people in the store looking around at the same time so it's not uh not a huge issue with uh with space right Most people are pretty spread out when they come in it's 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 a different time. Now, um, obviously, through the years, you said there were more employees for that. Were you, were you guys always been close knit? Like, was it, you oh, know, was it a place yeah. where you all got along and like knew each other outside? And... Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're everywhere, you know, yeah, yeah, you get along with some people. But yeah, we, we definitely would go to uh, movie screenings together and, and hang out together. Exactly. I, that was part of the fun of it for me. I mean, we, me, we, and as, as a store made a movie together, or at least part of us, we, we made a zombie movie one summer back in 2004. So it was like, it was kind of a real production. So it was like, you know, all right, we film on Wednesdays. So we got to figure out 
how we're going to get the people that aren't helping to cover our shifts on Wednesdays. And so like one of the people was figuring out the schedule and would schedule movie day for everybody. And we'd all, you know, go to places we weren't supposed to be with, you know, we, we, my friend brought, bought replica airsoft guns that didn't have the orange markings that just looked like we were walking around with M16s and stuff. And I'm like, imagine, and, and this was in 2004. So this was three years after Columbine we were all too young to realize that that was a problem. And sure. <laughs> luckily we never got in trouble, but you know, think about like the way the world has gone. We would have got shot on site. Oh yeah. Like, they wouldn't have asked questions about what you guys are doing. <laughs> like, we, Not at all. Uh, we, but yeah, we had a lot of fun. I went to, we had a movie, a uh, movie day where uh, we worked later shift. So we'd, we'd hit that noon uh, matinee movie together and then we'd go into work. Uh, awesome. One of the, so we, there's just something about movies, you know, at home in the theater. It's a different experience. You can't replicate it. It doesn't matter how good a system you have or how big a nope. TV you have. It's not a theater. And uh, there's just something about that. So, yeah, I and and, you know, like I've said to other people, you can't replicate the theater. You just can't. And you can't replicate having a physical copy of something. There's something about it. I don't know what it is, but. COVID has make, made me realize that there's a need for those other things. Like having a digital library is nice. Having the ability to go online and look at it is nice. But it's not taking over that. It, the con- and that's the thing I, I fear is that if everybody doubles down on the convenience of it, they're going to forget that there are some people out there that really do want that experience back when we get healthy again. Exactly. And, that's the scary it thing is doesn't it, make it obsolete. It's you know? easy to sit on your couch, but uh, it's such a lack of options, at least with a video store like us around. You're limiting what you can see by only seeing what's on because there's only so much that you can get to that way. There's so much well, media that's just been lost that's not digital. It's it's the same analogy, you know, that a lot of people, you know, try to be. And again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to save money and wanting to do for yourself and um, wanting to have uh, less of, um, you know, bad things in your body and control what comes in and out of your body. But there's, you know, there's this elitist thing of, well, you know, you, you make money. Why would you pay somebody else to like make you food or do this and do that? And I, I look at films and everything are analogous to that. There's something about the experience is part of what you're paying for. You can't go, oh, I can get this movie for a buck ninety nine. Why would I pay fifteen bucks to see it in the theater? Because what you're forgetting is that part of what you're paying for is that experience. Oh, exactly. And, that's cute. And and that's the part I think people are forgetting is that why everybody is pining so much to be able to go to a restaurant or a bar safely again is not because they want to eat food. I can eat food at my house. You know what I mean? It's yep. the experience of going out and meeting with people and like there's a the that community experience and atmosphere that even if it's an atmosphere that you're cynical about, like, you know, I, I, I could see, you know, going, man, it would be really nice to just be able to go to a Buffalo Wild Wings again. That is not the place of like culinary amazement. There's just something about that particular feeling I want to be able to have again, <laughs> you know? Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's that's why we have countless people that just walk in and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't been in a video store since I was a little kid or whatever. Unfortunately, you hear more and more of that. 
that it's been that long since they've been in any area that has one that uh, were that uh, rare to see. Brings them back in time. The There's a certain smell to the movies. I don't know if it's decay or whatever. It's kind of like that comic book smell when you go to a yep. comic store. You just can't. I don't know what it is, if it's the type of whatever they make the boxes with, but you can't replicate it. And you walk in and it just brings you back in time. Exactly. Um, oh, boy. And uh, so that's we're get we're getting close to being out of time. But, man, I. I'm just completely blown away to hear about this and can't wait. Can't wait to talk to you more. Um, you know, by all means, you know, stay a friend, stay in touch. I'd love to talk to Scott or Rachel someday too. You know, I, oh, I just, uh, yeah. I, am um, I, and I can't wait. I'd love to come and visit you guys sometime when, when things are less crazy, but I wanted to, I wanted to ask you one more thing and then give you the opportunity to, you know, give a shout out or pitch or promote anything. You know, give you, you the microphone for a minute, but I want to say you talked about a couple of favorite obscure movies. But do you guys do employee favorites? Like, is there anything in particular that, like, you love to push on people? We used to have, like, an, an employee rating board when we had more employees. But then uh, we got so specialized in what we liked, we didn't see everything anymore. Like yep. you were saying, once you have kids, it's hard to see everything. Before I had kid, uh, I'd watch everything. I, I, I like variety. I don't, there's not one category of movie that I won't watch. Uh, but of course, once you have a kid, I've seen every single animated movie, but I haven't seen a lot of other ones. <laughs> right. Until they get old enough and, and then you can get back into it. So it's uh, so we, we kind of took it away just because there wasn't enough stuff being marked. But I always listen to everybody's comments on anything and everything and, and try to, to give a, a real recommendation. That's kind of what we've always been. We'll tell you how it is. We're not trying to push a bad movie on you intentionally just yes. because we want to make money off of it. I'll tell you if a movie sucks. I'll tell you if most people hate it or if you got to be in the right mood to see it. Uh, we don't hold back that way. We, we want a true experience. We want to lead you in the right direction. We got plenty of things to give you that are good. We don't need to force bad things upon you. Right. Exactly. That's And that, I think, was something that um that makes the video store unique. And I think the place where you can start seeing any place like that fail, whether it be a Best Buy, um, anything that sells something that people are enthusiastic about that is taking the place of a niche or specialty store. Like, you know, Best Buy sends a lot of, you know, niche stores away. Blockbuster sent a lot of niche stores away. The minute you make that disappear, you have to be able to supplement why people went there. And people went there because they wanted a person that they could talk to that supposedly knew more than them about the product. They don't want to come somewhere and have, well, the thing you should rent today is Transformers 3 by Michael Bay because it just came out and we have 80,000 copies of it. Now, they might be looking for that. They might be looking for that. That's great. But that shouldn't be the, like, if someone honestly says what's good, it shouldn't be, well, the 200 copies of New Movie B are good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you know? It's Wait. like, well, no, give me something real. Like, <laughs> you know? I felt people not even that's their their side comment into just trying to make a conversation because they got nowhere else to talk to somebody it's just such a unique environment that you can walk in and start a conversation and it's natural uh, i've had countless people come in and share life stories or events happening in their life just out of the blue which i don't think you get in a lot of businesses people just don't walk in and feel comfortable to right. share it themselves 
and I don't know if I, I like to call myself the, the, the video store psychologist, but, you know, I've gotten countless stories, tried to help people when I can, always listen to anybody that, that's willing to talk. And uh, that's what keeps people coming back and keeps them in love with the store, keeps them recommending other people to come. It, it's not just the service. It's it's being there for people, period, in general. Yeah. You're, you're not just a product seller. Exactly. And, and people have told me that too, about these shows as they get on with me, someone that I've cold met, you know, like you, and they go, it was better. It was like having a therapy session. I go, well, we didn't talk about anything personally. They go, no, but I, it's just good to talk to somebody and have it not have, we we're not working right now. You know what I mean? And that, that's what I yep. love about it. It doesn't, this isn't hard, <laughs> you, you know, and some people don't get, and that's what I loved about working at the video store. It never felt like it was a difficult job because I was making people happy. Yeah, you know, like that's I think why people are so open is you walk in and it's such an inviting, happy place. Why would you come in and be sad in a video store? I mean, what what would the point be? I mean, there's nothing sad around you. Uh, so it it's very inviting to just be there and, and to talk about anything because it feels safe. And exactly one other tiny thing do you have like a favorite or like just a memorable thing that released or event that happened in your time there you know like uh some people oh, say you know like at blockbuster no, we, we had we have a giant uh movie sale every single year uh around uh fourth of july it's always the weekend after fourth of july it's called whiz bang days in robbinsville <laughs> minnesota and that was kind of the epicenter where Nothing was bigger because every store was having a sidewalk sale. They'd had a carnival come to the town. So we'd have movies on the sidewalk. We'd bring everything out that we had for sale, drag it out, you know, every morning, every night, bring it back in. And just the sheer people looking for stuff and finding stuff and kind of that fair carnival, you know, variety at the same time as being in the video store at the same time. It, it was that was the best. I mean, they're not like they used to be now. All that stuff has kind of gone away as time's gone by. There's less carnivals, less fairs, you know, with, with other stuff going on. But uh, that's my probably the best memories. And when we had the most employees on at a time would be during Love those uh, those weekends. Love it. That's awesome. Well, that, at that point, then I'll say it, it's been an absolute blast to talk to you. Um, and please extend my well wishes to everybody still involved with the store because I'm I'm happy to try to keep some sort of record of all of this is, is what I'm trying to do and help keep the, keep the joy and the alive. And I just wanted to give you the microphone in the floor to, to say or shout out or any, anything you want, go for it. You know, I, I, I'll just say in general, it, it's not, it's not uh, unique to us, but uh, you know, love, love anything that, that loves you back. Uh, all these stores, especially the small businesses, uh, they're the ones that need more love now. The, the big box stores aren't getting hurt anywhere near as much as, as these individual stores. If you can share anything with them, give them even. There's so many other ways of, of finding stuff. But uh, if you can support them the little littlest amount, it goes so much longer and farther for a small store than, than a big box store. So that's all I'd say is, is just support your local businesses. Awesome. And, and you, and I agree completely. And you said that, uh, you know, there's no website or anything. So I was going to say is we do have a website, but there's, 
there's no live there's no live of our inventory so you can go to videouniversemn.com and it'll you can see pictures of the store they're a little, little bit older it's kind of when when vhs was king <laughs> right 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 <laughs> on there but you can also go to our facebook page which is also video universe mn uh is a there's a fan page that you can see all kinds of current stuff i still post every week and uh what's coming out or what's been out or um you know favorites of mine or reasons for somebody to come in and get some more movies since obviously lately there hasn't been a ton of new movies coming out right right is there any way to, to donate or buy anything from you guys remotely or is it all have to be in person uh, for the most part, it's in person. I mean, we, we, we've gotten that before. I mean, I guess we wouldn't we wouldn't turn away a donation if somebody wanted to send us something. But okay. uh, we haven't been at the point where we've, we've asked for it either. But uh, uh, we just we've been here supporting our community, love our community, love giving back. We like putting smiles on people's faces and having generations come in and, and see the kids grow up. And that's what we've always liked to be. And, and hopefully we can keep doing it for into the near future or farther hopefully awesome well guys this has been troy rachi um speaking with me chris chipman <laughs> the, the chippa on the talkbuster podcast thank you all for making it a talkbuster night or day or whenever you're listening to this please be kind rewind and if you're in the area this is um uh, minnesota did i get yep. it right that time okay cool yep. right yeah. outside of minneapolis if you're in the area, please get over to Video Universe. Um, these stores like this are why why we have these conversations and stores like this still existing. Um, we don't want to lose this kind of stuff, guys. So get out there, help them out, go meet Troy, and uh, thank you again, buddy, for, for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thanks so much.